Hello, hello, and welcome to episode four of Dear Percival. Episode four. Yes, this is Dear Percival, a very special podcast showcasing the character Danny Savarino and his diary, which he calls Dear Percival. Now, this character, Danny Savarino, is part of the brilliant new novel, People of Bloomsbury, by Mr. DJ Swales. Many other characters in that wonderful novel. This one is Danny Savarino. My name is Kevin Green, and I am reading this for you. Now, episode four, episode four, is called Jemima and Jaquetta, part one. So, if we're ready, we'll make a start. Here we go then, episode four, Jemima and Jaquetta. One day, in an April that broke all previous records for spring sogginess, I learned who Jemima was. No! I warbled to the universe from my bed that morning, 15 minutes after my alarm was supposed to go off. Late for work and your first month of employment? I imagine my mother's voice scolding me in the fog of panic that filled my cluttered room. I grabbed my mail from the doormat and sprang out of the door, dashing for the druid's eye. The street outside Richmond Gardens was a death trap. Spring blossoms slicker than a bed of collapsed souffle had died and fallen from the swishing vermilion branches above. What a mash! I cried, almost breaking my back as I pondered how the most beautiful things in life can be your undoing. I remember the events of that day like it was yesterday. Luckily, no one was waiting when I arrived at the bookshop. I twisted the skeleton keys in all three locks, propped open the front door with junk mail, and then scuttled to the back of the shop to throw open a window. It was all to be done exactly as Mr. Bootle had instructed during my training. Every morning you must air the place out thoroughly, he had said on the first occasion of talking me through the morning opening routines. Sewage issues, I asked as my nostrils quivered with an unpleasant odour. No, that's Jemima, said Mr. Bootle unsympathetically. She erupts with all kinds of smells when new people start working here. Some of them can be quite sickening. Poor girl, I said feeling sorry for the girl, but annoyed that she almost had me dry-retching on my first day of work. I didn't realise it was a co-worker I'd never met, I said, not recalling her name from countless prior visits. Let us speak of Jemima another time, said Mr Bootle, his face a picture of deep serenity. Now, about your daily morning tasks. The stalest air that needs to be cleansed is not emitted by Jemima. It is actually scentless. Scentless? I asked, my throat still clammy from almost vomiting. Yes, utterly scentless, in fact, but it's dangerous. I shifted uneasily, my widening eyes urging Mr. Bootle on. An airborne residue stews here overnight. Every night it oozes from spell books, relics, Ouija boards, and the unknown history of every item in stock. We must expunge it. Open up and release it. Danny, why are you smacking? Asked Mr. Bootle, not knowing my adolescent humour had him describing some almighty morning fart. Take care not to absentmindedly wish for anything until the place has been aired out thoroughly, he said, after I begged him to continue. Not even a wish for my parents' return? I asked him, spotting a speck of hope. Especially not that, he snapped, almost before the words left my mouth. You mustn't! The stale magic can twist wishes, you see. They might be granted, but not how you expect. 
Think of poor Admiral Nelson, who returned to England pickled in a barrel of brandy. Mum might like that, I replied, knowing she had a taste for brandy. There is so much to remember when readying the shop for opening. For example, dried yarrow sprigs to be placed in specific bowls, crystals to be rinsed under cold water, essential oil tester bottles to be filled. Several cast iron doorstops line a wall at the back of the shop like army recruits standing to attention. Mr. Bootle's favourite is a solid bust of the imperious Jaquetta of Luxembourg with a grapefruit-sized head topped with a tall, elongated hat which also serves as a convenient handle to lug her around the shop. Why is her face so twisted? I asked. Oh, that's just how she looked at peasants and plebs who couldn't help her social ambitions, Mr. Bootle explained. She had no poker face whatsoever. Oh, resting bitch face was a thing even back then, I thought. It's true, nothing is ever new or groundbreaking. Everything's been done before. Jaquetta of Luxembourg was the most ambitious matriarch to ever have lived. Mr. Bootle exclaimed one winter lunchtime when cold sunlight flooded into the shop, undimmed by the leaves of Store Street's bare trees. He was twiddling his fingers while awaiting a delivery of rare books from a church bazaar in Budley, where Patience Virtue had been turning up all kinds of literary gems. As usual, her delivery was late. Jaquetta was more ambitious than Eleanor of Aquitaine, I asked, checking the clock, or the Ottoman Sultana Roxolana? And what about Queen Tai of Egypt? I had recently found a book on the shelves called Live Like a Queen, penned by Jube Kolka, an ex-history teacher and extreme hoarder from Norwich. After disappearing for years, Kolka had gotten comfy in an upstairs room filled to the ceiling with bin bags. He burrowed in like a vole. Then, on a nest of empty shampoo bottles and the newspapers, he spawned and spun his best-selling, and some say misogynistic book, claiming that Eleanor, Roxalama and Ty were descended from an ancient line of the Illuminati, connected by secret blood ceremonies and a shared love of iced rose water desserts. She was far more ambitious, said Mr. Bootle, laughing at the comparison. Some say Jaquetta's scheming could put today's royalty to shame. Even Sarah Ferguson, who married Prince Andrew. Even Fergie, I asked, incredulous at the notion. Surely not. She had her own line of Weight Watchers products and everything. She was in every US talk show. Remember how she jumped up and down on Oprah's sofa in a state of exquisite glee? That was Tom Cruise, said Mr. Bootle. I'll never forget how he looked at me with the same condescension as Jaquetta. Come on, I pleaded. You've got to admit that Fergus' ambitious trump all the others. Perhaps you're correct, he replied, sighing reluctantly, after he had pondered for several seconds. Then I watched as Mr. Bootle bent and picked up the Jaquetta doorstop, curling his fingers around the handle built into her hat. Like he was at church, he walked slowly and deliberately to the front of the shop. Unlike Fergie, Jaquetta was rumoured to be supernatural, descended from Melusina herself, the Celtic water goddess, he said, leaning sideways like he was carrying a hefty kettlebell. Even after her exoneration, rumours of witchcraft continued to swirl around her. Actually... People on TikTok do say the same things about Fergie, I replied. There are hundreds of videos. 
They say unnatural elements surround her. There's no smoke without fire. I recall how Mr. Bootle looked me up and down like I was a Salem witch trial accuser. And there's no fire without smoke, he snapped, which sounded confusingly like the same thing. As he set the iron bus down, he said, sighing, I do agree that there might be something afoot with Fergie, but please don't be one of those people who has it in for Jaquetta. Just because her uncle handed Joan of Arc over to the enemies and executioners. As he spoke, he stepped away from the front door, appraising the efficacy of the doorstop. Et voilà! he said, admiring his handiwork as Jaquetta stared at the street with disdain. What a figurehead she makes for the shop! Delivery from Budley! Signature, please! A nimble man called out unexpectedly, jumping from an orange van that had screeched to a halt. Dressed in an orange T-shirt, he approached the door with two cardboard boxes. Wrapped in excessive pink ribbons, I knew they were full by the way the parcel man's sinewy arms wilted while awaiting Mr. Bootle's incredibly elaborate signature. Ah, patience, virtue, what do we have today? Mr. Bootle said. He had practically slobbered as I opened the boxes under his expectant gaze. Keep those, he said, pointing at the ribbons. You can never have too many, and patience sends only the best. Thank you. And that would episode four. Well, part one of episode four. It will continue. And that was episode four, part one of Dear Percival, uh, showcasing the character Danny Severino from The People of Bloomsbury by the brilliant author DJ Swales. People of Bloomsbury, available on Amazon right now you can buy it and have it in your library, your Kindle library, and enjoy its marvellous, wonderful characters. It's a marvel. Thank you once again for listening. My name has been Kevin Green, and I have been reading this especially for you, dear listeners. And I will see you again very soon with episode five. I thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>